Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. Caroline, you should tell them about the newest thing that Bloody Happy Hour is doing. A Patreon. It's a Patreon. What is that? Um, that means you're basically like a VIP member and you get you get some perks. You maybe get like merch a little earlier. You get Or exclusive merch. Exclusive merch. You could get um first dibs on signing up for a live show you get episodes with no commercials you get our video because our video is no longer available on youtube it is only on patreon and the most important to me is you get videos of our live shows but also bonus episodes each month but if you're on a Patreon, you're VIP, you're going to get more. Because I always have a lot of details I want to go to. I can law explain. I might read a book. <laughs> this is also going to be the exclusive place that Dirty Chat is going to go to. In order to hear the full content, it's going to be Patreon. Where do they go again? Patreon.com slash bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, I'm April. And I'm Caroline. And this is your bloody happy hour. Caroline, are you ready for this? This is your newest guilty pleasure. It's the bloodiest part of your week. Did we say something about it also being happy hour? Showed in. Because we about to be sipping on some murder. Bloody happy hour. Hey y'all, this is April. And this is Caroline. This is your bloody happy hour podcast. And oh, oh. And I'm sipping on some whiskey. I was just going to ask. What are you sipping on? Well, I'm currently sipping on some vodka with my V plastic bottle of vodka (laughs) over there. And um, I'm eyeing your whiskey. So I think that might come into play in a little bit. Because this story needs the whiskey. So I won in a secret Santa. Is mm-hmm. that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Slain Irish whiskey. That's actually triple cast. That's actually the perfect whiskey for the podcast because it's slain. Mm. Mm. And it is actually very good. It is, and apparently it's some kind of double barrel or whatever. Triple? What triple barrel? I don't know what that means. Wow. And that and means it goes through three barrels mm-hmm. to be so good that it, they had to do it through three, three barrels. Times. That is so legit. You are like literally <laughs> legit. And I just brushed my teeth and it doesn't even taste gross. You know, when you just brush your teeth and you yes, taste something. Yes, and in speaking it- of teeth, I just had my teeth cleaned. And I had my tooth put back in. So glory be to <laughs> God that now I won't swallow my tooth. Praise be. <laughs> oh, please don't swallow your tooth. <laughs> and I've not been doing meth, I promise. <laughs> I just have, 
Why do you have your tooth fall out? Well, it's a crown. You used to do meth. It's a cap crown. Oh. I think my family has bad genetics for teeth. Teeth. Even though I have very straight teeth and I've never had braces, I think there's some underlying, or it just could be me, but the the, I, the glue never sticks and it just keeps popping. I might, I may need a new dentist. Yeah, yeah. Does anybody? Tell your dentist not to use Elmer's glue. I think he t- <laughs> I tasted it and I was like, let me tell you, when Trent was like probably seven, he we went to the dentist, and he's been going to the dentist his whole life, and they did an x-ray, and they saw he had like a random tooth like oh. at the top of his mouth. Yeah. And you can't even see it like outside. You see it only in an x-ray. And so it was so weird, and I was like, Trent, that was your twin that you ate. That was... What? You had a twin when you were in my belly, and you ate him. <laughs> And so the dentist looked no, at me didn't. like I was crazy. No, and I was like, I think about some of these things. I tell did my kids. Did you sit that in front of the dentist? Yeah. Yeah. What did the dentist say? He's he like, just, oh, shit, I'm calling CPS <laughs> right now. Oh, yeah. My poor child. I oh. do send him to therapy now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That is quite uh interesting i've I never know, i know how does stuff like that just crawl up to my old head but it's the first thing i thought about i, th- I think it's a great response i love the wit <laughs> i love witty people so that's i mean i love it i know it's like when people have tumors and sometimes they have a hair and teeth and like eyes the tumor does yeah oh no yeah what about placentas I don't know. I don't even know what that is. I just know it's That's people edible. eat them. It's I don't think it is edible. That's the whole issue. It isn't edible. <laughs> I think you could put it in some olive oil and eat it. Okay, well, uh, let me go get let me go have a baby real quick and we'll test it out. I'll say you want to bite me over. Okay. <laughs> oh goodness, oh. goodness. Um you told us on Tuesday's episode that we're going to Plano and I I just can't even think of what the story could be okay well maybe this trailer from the peacock original oh. um will help refresh you and this is also a podcast a several series podcast and i know y'all have got to know who this is but let's just play the trailer just to see if you can figure it out good morning i'm dr christopher dunch today we're going to be operating on rose keller patient presented with severe back pain diagnosed as a herniated disc. It is important we are in and out with as little fanfare as possible. So, mouth shut, ears open. Let's begin. Hey, doctor. I heard you came across some of Christopher Dunch's surgeries. Sir, there's a lot of bleeding. Focus on your job. How is the patient? Perfect. There's a hemorrhage here. You need to fix it. So there were no complications? I don't have complications. I can't make sense of this. It's like he knew what he was supposed to do. And he did the exact opposite. I could have told you the guy was a hack. What did he do? Dorothy Burke walked in all on her own, and now she's brain dead. Today will be minimally invasive. He turned him into a quadriplegic. Work ethic was second to none. Ooh, Ted Bundy was a good worker, too. <laughs> we all make mistakes. But not you. No man. Dutch has two deaths. Texas has executed people for less. All due respect, Dr. Kirby, you don't understand the law. You don't understand who we're after. Dutch is never going to stop. 
on his own. You have to protect the public and suspend his license. My patients mean everything to me, and the longer I'm here, the longer they're in pain. You heard these people? You saw what he did to them? I swear I will make sure this never happens to anyone else. If you take my license in Texas, there's an entire world out there. The system is broken. I have a suggestion. It's a bit extreme. He's either the most incompetent surgeon I've ever crossed paths with, or he's a sociopath. Mm. Dr. Death. Dr. Death. Ugh. And now I'm, I may interchange his name from Dr. Dunch to Dr. Douche to Dr. Death, but either way, they all start with D's. All the same. And they're basically all the same. Can I tell you, I asked my back doctor if he was Dr. Death number two, because I, I wasn't sure of him. Need a, I have a back issue right now, and I, so that, and the, he mainly did like herniated, like he did back stuff a lot, mm -hmm. and it's, yeah, you should ask him. I did. Why, what, I why him. did you ask him that? Because it's the first thing I think about when I go in the doctor's office, and he was looking at my back, and I don't know. I asked well, yeah. him, I asked his nurse, and I looked up reviews, <laughs> the people in the lobby. Well, let me tell you, it doesn't <laughs> matter. Well, th maybe the, I guess if, if the nurses would say something, but like the review, like, because with this, people researched, and they researched, and they, he was had great reviews, and he had all the things that they, he seemed legit, but they, it's, there is a big problem with getting a surgeon or a doctor like the, of that caliber, like of pursuing them legally or getting them like dis, not disbarred. That's, yeah. But like in the state of Texas, because Texas sides with the medical staff, at least they used to, well, they might still now, but mm -hmm. it's definitely, this has definitely changed a lot. So this is all between May tw 2011 and June 2013 when Dr. Christopher Dunch douche performed surgery on 38 people 32 left with life-changing injuries and in some cases completely paralyzed and two would die mm. so here's the story of Dr. Christopher Dunch death scares douche. the shit out of me so in Garland, Texas, uh, November 2011, 54-year-old Kelly Martin and her husband Don were decorating for Christmas. Don was a police officer. Kelly was a teacher. They'd been together since college. They had two kids, Lauren and Caitlin. Uh, mom, was mom, Kelly, was grabbing boxes down from the attic, and she missed a step on the ladder, and she falls down, and she felt a twinge in her back. So I can relate because I had to do squats the other day, and now i got a twinge in my back, and... I got issues. And now a word from our sponsors. But she was like, I'm going to push through. It's fine. Like, it's no big deal. Let me get through the holidays. It's probably like a pinched nerve or a, or a pulled muscle. Uh -huh. Yeah. 
And so finally she like goes to like physical therapy. She's got painkillers, muscle relaxers, but nothing was working. And so she, uh, her doctor recommended a fantastic neurosurgeon who was new to the area. Mm-hmm. If he's a neuro, I guess he neurosurgeons can do because that's like brain. But yeah, uh, <laughs> and that would be Doctor Christopher Dunch, Dunch, like lunch with a D. Okay, Dunch. So he was very well respected. He was highly sought after. He was praised by doctors everywhere. And so she decided she would give him a visit because obviously he's got glowing reviews. So her and her husband are like, they go, they're at ease. They're like, yeah, this is great. This is a very, uh, he tells them it's a very routine surgery. It'll take 45 minutes and that's it. Um, And this is one of the simplest operations a neurosurgeon can perform, by the way. Um, and Kelly asked if there were any bad outcomes or deaths on any of his surgeries. And he replied, no, knock on wood. Mm. Knock on wood? <laughs> yeah. Like, no, not like not yet. Yeah. Like, let's yeah. hope it doesn't start. So her surgery is scheduled for March 2012. Surgery day comes. They go to the hospital. The procedure, 45 minutes passes, an hour passes, an hour and a half passes, and now it's like double the time. So husband's getting worried. He goes to talk to the nurse to check on her, and 20 minutes later, Dr. Douche comes out, and he says that surgery went well. Um, Kelly's moving around, but she's in a lot of pain. So he upped the medication, and um, she was actually going to have to go to the ICU and stay overnight. So... But she's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and Don, husband Don was not allowed to go into the ICU uh, because they were still working on her. But okay. she's fine. So I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. It was not very reassuring to him. And he got a gut feeling and he called his daughters to come up to the hospital because he just had this bad feeling. Mm. Two hours later. Don and his daughters are up at the hospital and then they're in the waiting room and they start to see an ICU physician, Dr. Douche, and the anesthesiologist starts walking towards them. At that moment, they basically die inside and they are like, this can't be good, this can't be good. Um, And the ICU ICU physician is the one and he said, we did everything we could. Mm. Kelly Martin died after this simple routine procedure, but what had gone wrong? I tell you, I tell you now. Kelly Martin was undergoing a routine back operation when Dr. Dunch cut through her spinal cord and severed her artery. Dunch continued operating despite signs that Kelly was losing massive amounts of blood. He refused to abort the surgery even after trauma, a trauma surgeon colleague and an anesthesiologist warned him about blood loss. He refused to acknowledge anything was wrong, hindering the ICU's team's efforts to save her. And when Kelly woke up from the anesthesia, she was screaming and clawing at her legs, uh, forcing the ICU team to re-anesthetize, whatever the word is, to put her back under. Um, And Dr. Douche said that, oh, no, yes, they had to, so they re- anesthesiologist uh-huh. her <laughs> dr dunch did not go 
into the ICU at any point in time. He did not go check on her. He did not go to the waiting room to talk to the family. He didn't do anything. And instead, like you typically want to attend to your patient, I think. Um, But he didn't. And she ended up going into hemorrhagic, hemorrhagic cardiac arrest. Damn. And she bled to death. Don's world had just ended. He was so mad. He was in, he just, every emotion, every emotion. He, um, the, the medical examiner confirmed that she bled to death, that one of her arteries was sliced. And this is what opened the giant can of worms into this guy. So at the time of when she's dying, he probably don't know like what caused it. Yeah, Don or the who? The husband. The husband, you know, like... Oh, yeah, and he's like, the what the hell? This is supposed to be some, like, routine, like, uh-huh. minor 45-minute, like, in-and-out surgery. And oh, now... Patient. But, yeah. like, r- when she went... I think once she went to ICU, they're like, oh, What's shit. Happening? Like, this is not... This is not what's yeah. supposed to happen yeah. right now. And... Uh, yeah. So... <clears throat> So they did an autopsy, and that's what the, hey, are you empty? (laughs) Yeah, that was my signal for you to, I mean, you just put a little, you know, fill it up. So um, let's, let me tell you a little bit about this Dr. Douche. He's born in 1971 in Montana. Uh, Originally, he was going to try to play football, you know, maybe go pro, but he struggled at being good. Oh, and at following orders, and he struggled with basic drills. So you're not going to go very far if no. you have that situation. He transferred multiple times. He eventually was like, oh, my football dream is over. I guess I'll go to medical school. Mm, quite the change. So in 1995, he received his undergrad degree from University of Memphis. Then um, from there, he was in medical school. He was allowed to join the Alpha Omega Medical Honor Society and start I heard this and I was like what and started working with Russian scientists on research programs gaining three three million dollars in funding whatever that means so he uh, started his surgical residency at the University of Tennessee and was running two labs okay I I don't this all sounds fancy yeah I'm no surgeon clearly I'm no doctor but for those of you who are, it sounds great. When sounds I like hear a good three resume. million dollars, exactly, and he has a twelve-page resume, which I will tell you about later. Um, so he started surgical residency at the University of Tennessee, running two labs. Can you guess? Can you imagine that he was charming and smooth talking? He had to have been charming good with his smooth mouth, smooth talking with a glowing twelve-page resume. People spoke highly of him. He was, they sought him out. And, but despite all of his, all of these accolades and glowing reviews, uh, shit's about to unravel real quick. So his resume said that he earned a doctorate in micro, okay, we're about to get a little sciencey, but this is just the facts, okay? 
His resume said that he had earned a doctorate in microbiology from the prestigious St. Jude's Children's Research Hospital, but there was no such program running at the hospital at that time. So Uh. he claimed he had gotten his PhD from the University of Tennessee Health Center, but it appears that he is in no yearbooks from the university during that period. It's bullshit. Yes. So the school declined, but then the school declined to verify claims citing federal privacy laws. So since college, Sherpa. yeah, and since college, he had been a drug user and a binge and a big drinker. During his residency, he was when his like drug use escalated, and he was frequently doing LSD, cocaine, and illegally getting his hands on prescription pain pills like OxyContin. Mm-hmm. I can't. His ex girlfriend Megan. Uh, initially said that it was just something that he did occasionally. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that sounds familiar. <laughs> dirty Chad, you little dirty, dirty Chad, you. Sounds like dirty Chad. Because it was. It was just occasion. But clearly not the case, as many of us know. In one instance, he was on this full binge night. He was taking, he was doing drugs, drinking vodka. He had no sleep. Girlfriend says he grabs his stuff, his scrubs, puts them on, and he goes straight to the hospital for a, a, a so surgery. So we're, we're in his hospital career now. We're done with college. Yeah, that that's yeah. all we know about the college. Okay. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So basically, so then like, yeah, he goes to college, he gets his stuff, then he's like, th- he's starting to uh, get into his drug usage, and he dates this girl, and I guess he's... I, I don't know what the yeah he, this is his re- residency this uh-huh. is whenever it escalates I I don't know if you're still in college during your residency I don't I'm not sure how that works but um yeah he was like drinking did I say he was drinking vodka yeah he was um doing it all. a full night of drug taking drinking vodka no sleep grabbed his scrubs and goes and talks to patients she was horrified because she's like. Motherfucker, you've been up all night, and was I she know a nurse or something too. It just, okay. it just said okay. uh, girlfriend at the time, but so she just was like, uh, "Pretty sure you shouldn't be doing anything with patients if you're literally you you've gone from your you're still awake from your night before and you're on a binge." His drug of choice was cocaine, although. Uh, when he would come down after bin- binges, he would. This is when he would rely on OxyContin, uh, Xanax, alcohol, because you know you gotta you gotta get your high, but then you gotta bring yourself back down. It's just vicious cycle, mm-hmm. you know. It's just vicious. So uh, he typically would start his days off with vodka, orange juice, and a line of cocaine. Um, and a lot of the nurses said that he was out of control. They saw him doing coke right before he would go into surgery. He joked about he joked about it, and he called them his neurostimulants, believing that it made him better and more alert. Gosh. So then he was reported, and he was asked to take a drug test. He refused the drug test. He was then sent to an impaired physician program where he was deposed. Well, as he's deposed, he's giving the fifth to everything. So he's not answering any of their questions about what they're asking. So he's he's asked about 
have you are you have you used drugs while working on patients? Have you been under the influence of cocaine while taking care of patients? Plead the fifth, plead the fifth, plead the fifth, plead the fifth all the time. Plead the fifth. So and apparently he is slurring and he wasn't really concentrating and despite all of these complaints and his refusal to participate in any of these tests, um, he had completed less than a hundred surgeries. Typically a resident performs close to a thousand wow. and he is still allowed to finish his residency. And we still don't even know if he's really got a real degree. Mm-mm. So either Tennessee doesn't want to confirm that he does cause they don't want to be, associated with him or he really hasn't and he don't, they I don't think want to make- he I think he has something but I think he just definitely embellished a bunch of stuff on his resume so he has something yeah enough to where you get hired right you have to but he caught he could have they- he could have yeah. faked his whole resume but usually they confirm your transcript well he could have had a fake he could listen people can fake this shit oh I know I know but, well, and that's, yeah. I mean, that's assuming that your HR does their job. But if you get a job that requires a master's degree, they have to get your transcript from the institution, a certified one. So you can't say, oh, here's my transcript, because you can bullshit that. Mm-hmm. But that's assuming that the pers- people you work for are doing their due diligence. Mm-hmm. Well, in 2011, he joined... Uh, minimally invasive spine institute in North Dallas with a six hundred thousand dollar advance. Oh he was, my gosh! Oh, just wait, just wait. He was shortly given surgical rights at Baylor Regional Medical Center in Plano on a fifty thousand dollar a month, a month, a month, a month salary. A month? He could get all the... $50,000 a month? month? I had to double check this, and I still don't think I'm right. (laughs) There's no way. But is it? That's a lot. I need a surgeon. Yeah. Immediately. Immediately. If you're a surgeon, if you're a surgeon out there, (laughs) listen, you can slide right up into my DMs, and I'm not opposed. $50,000. A month. And a $600,000 advance. A month. I'm deceased. So the um, recommendation that landed him the job. um, Oh, the recommendations saying that he was like bright and professional and hardest person, hardest working person they'd ever met. And so whatever, I guess he's getting these like very great reviews from everybody, blah, 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 blah. So for hospitals, surgeons are worth millions in revenue. Okay. This mm. is, this is why this is a thing on average, $2.5 million per year. It is not uncommon to get operating privileges at other hospitals. Oh. So now you can be a surgeon yeah. at this hospital and this and the A, B, C, D, E, F, G, yeah. H, all the way. You can go hop over to every single hospital. Yeah. So this is how he was able to get work across Dallas. Mm-mm. So a couple of months after he had finished his training, he met another doctor, another surgeon named Dr. Randall Kirby. Dr. Kirby's going to come into play a lot. So he is, Dr. Kirby said his first conversation he had with Dr. Douche 
was basically revolved around douche telling him that he was one of the best surgeons in Dallas and he's the only one that a patient could trust. And to me, that's all red flag. Yes. And immediately Dr. Kirby was like, he's arrogant. He's aggressive. I don't like him. He just had a bad taste in his mouth from the beginning. And Dr. Douche went around and he was like, I want to clean the town up. And Kirby's like, okay, dude, like, calm down. Like, get off your coke and calm down. Uh-huh. Clearly he did not. Um, and other people saw this cockiness in him as well. And just, they were like, well, I mean, I guess he's just, it's just due to the fact that he's just a very talented surgeon and he knows it. And so he's cocky. Okay. Okay. No. Nope. But it didn't take long for opinions to change and uh he actually performed, let's see, the oh, this is the only surgery that he did at the Spine Institute, the one that I'm about to tell you. So after this surgery was done, he immediately went on a trip to Vegas. These opinions changed quickly after he had done this minimally invasive spine institute surgery uh but it this surgery which i haven't told you yet he basically it was what caused to have they asked him to leave after the surgery so then he does the surgery he screws it up they tell him to leave he goes to vegas he's partying um drug use everything's going wild another ex-girlfriend is in the picture and is like yeah he's like so unhinged so much so that she is getting emails like dog. He's in Vegas and he's emailing his a nurse assistant and he's ne- emailing his ex-girlfriend. And he's just these long ass emails within the emails. This is what part of it says. I'm really building an empire. Anyone close to me thinks that I am something between God, Einstein, and the Antichrist. Oh my gosh. Because I can do everything I want and cross every disciplined boundary like it's a playground and never lose. I am ready to leave the love and kindness and goodness and patience that I mix with everything else that I am and become a cold-blooded killer. What? Quote, unquote. Those were quotes. He went on in more emails, references drug and alcohol abuse. Uh, there's cut, there's like cuss words and abusive language and all kinds of stuff. And I can I can post these emails if y'all want to read the whole emails. But the, yeah, this is kind of like beginning of what you know, is about to come. Um, are you? Did you tell us what happened and during the surgery? I'm about to. Oh. So December 2011 is. And I'm going to tell you probably about four of the people. And there's a hand. There's a lot. Yeah. So I'm yeah. just giving you a few examples. Mm-hmm. December 2011, Ken Fennell. This guy is just before Kelly Martin. Kelly Martin is who we talked about at the very beginning with Kelly and Dawn. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is just before uh, Kelly and Dr. Dunch operated on, had operated twice on this guy, Ken Fennell. Um, he was his first patient in North Texas. The surgery did not help fix his back pain. I wonder why, which is because Dr. Death had operated on the wrong area. (laughs) Silly guy. He admitted, he admitted to this mistake and said he would correct it with the second surgery. 
Ken was desperate to fix his pain. Um, and so he's like, yeah, let's go. Like, okay, let's do another one. Fix it. Ken woke up the second time and said that his legs were like a bonfire burning him. And something had gone wrong. He had no idea what. He left the hospital and was basically relying on a motorized wheelchair from that point on. No. When he did that first one, then he goes to Vegas and then he gets fired? Well. Or he does all these and then goes to Vegas to get fired? Yeah, I think he got, he does all these and then he goes and does goes to Vegas. Okay, yeah. okay. And then it's like, okay, let me come back and tell you about the things that he did that caused him to get fired and go to Vegas. Okay, okay. So this guy, Lee Passmore, he was an investigator at Collin County Medical Examiner's Office. He went and did back surgery, um, and the – okay, so this guy did back surgery, but the pain returned – and then he went to his pain specialist, and the pain specialist referred Dr. Dunch. Mm-mm. So surgery was booked immediately because he's like, okay, great. You've looked, you've recommended this guy. Um, and there was also, along with Dr. Dr. Douche, was this uh, vascular surgeon called named Mark Hoyle. Mark Hoyle, who assisted in the operations, because a lot of times you have your assistants, I guess. Mm-hmm. So this Dr. Hoyle is with him, watching him do the surgery. Um, and he's actually watching in horror as Dr. Douche begins to cut out a ligament around the spinal cord that should never have been touched right away. Lee, the patient, starts bleeding profusely. Dr. Hoyle said the operating room was like a sea of red. And Dr. Douche left hardware in Lee's spine. Oh, my gosh. And he he stripped the screw so it could not be moved. Dr. Hoyle said, he's like, I can't watch this anymore. I got to get out of here. He... Or no, he said, I can't watch this anymore. He tried to block, like, stop the Dr. Douche from yeah. operating. Um, blocks the incision area, tries to stop Douche from continuing, looks him in the eyes and says, we need to talk about this. That's dangerous. Even the attitude is dangerous. I've done 5,000 of these, and I've never seen this done before. Uh, but that did not stop Dr. Douche because he went on and... Dr. Hoyle went and said he would never work with Douche again, left the operating room. Lee Passmore, patient, the patient, did end up surviving the ordeal, but he lives with chronic pain and has a lot of trouble walking and balancing. Okay. Moving uh, on. Dr. Ho- Hoy tried, but I still think he could have done more. He could have, like, called security like got him out of there he could have done there must be some like um on gray's anatomy they do more like level <laughs> of what what do you say not prominence but like um like if you're above the other person in your title mm, I, I can't maybe the word but and maybe it's like you don't question the person you know i don't know i feel like that's kind of how it is january 2012 Shit. barry morguloff Barry Morgoloff. We're calling him Barry. Uh, He's the owner of a pool service company. He was left 
with bone fragments in his spinal canal after Dr. Deuce tried to pull a damaged disc out of his back with a grabbing tool. Okay. I don't I don't know how what you're supposed to use, but it's not a grabbing tool. Okay, I don't know what a grabbing tool no. is, but you're not supposed to use a grabbing tool. I think you should probably like use other things. <laughs> he um and then he would like he refused to give Barry any pain medicine because he was like, Oh, he's a drug seeker, he doesn't need this pain medicine. Uh eventually Barry lost most of the function on his left side. He would have to walk with a cane and eventually would require a wheelchair. Dr. Kirby is one who assisted with the surgery and said the operation, like, yeah, in the, and said in the spectrum of neurosurgeon, one, of, one who does it for a living, that this procedure is probably one of the easiest that they do on a daily mm. basis. So you shouldn't fuck this up because mm-hmm. you do this daily, bro. Um, so Kirby's sitting here watching, and he watched as Dr. Douche went right in without using the proper tools, Shit. grabbing at things that he shouldn't have been, haphazardly continuing to make mistakes, even if he, like, had used the... He would have to, like, point... Dr. Kirby would have to point out the correct anatomy to him. Damn. It's like, why are you, I just don't, I don't, I don't understand how you can be approved to do those stuff. And you always have scrub techs in there where your nurse. Oh, they all, yes. Knows it just as well as you do. So were your nurses idiots too? I don't think they were. I think they were like wanting to stop it. every time? But there's, what, I don't know what it is. Why can you not go to, why can you not, like, what are you scared of? What is the guy going to do to you? Are you like it's it's clear that whatever this hierarchy mm-hmm. is that they've frightened these nurses and subsurgeons or whatever you want to call them. I don't know. They should have all lost their shit. They like, all well lost their they license. I think they did. No, they I think they they attempted, but it's like so hard to get it through to the board because mm-hmm. they don't want to deal with the bad press and they don't want to oh, deal yeah. with the money situation that's the whole thing with johns hopkins that's going on yeah. right now with maya and all that bullshit mm. don't get me started on dr tuft i mean judge tuft anyways that's a whole different thing so dr kirby was like hey you're doing you're you're messing all this shit up let me let me do it i'll take over the surgery dr douche was like mm, Such no a fuck that he's not i am not letting you go no he's like no i know what i'm doing bitch bye rude after the another surgeon then later on re- tried to repair the damage from this one, but Barry, the guy, the patient, was so depressed and sick that he contemplated taking his own life, believing it was the only way out of his medical or mental and physical pain. He even, uh, luckily, he had a wife and children. They were able to like pull him out of his darkness, um, and he had to do a intensive therapy but he survived and he Gosh. but he's still for sure scarred mm. then we got jerry summers jerry summers is like a bestie of dunch he is a longtime friend they used to live together they know each other like really well no they would party together all the things so he came to plano and he was like oh i have to get some neck vertebrae infused but i also have herniated discs so I'm going to hit you up for my disc because you're my bro and you're my friend and you can do my surgery. 
Um, during the operation, Dunch damaged Jerry's vertebrae, vertebral, 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 there you go, vertebral artery, and the bleeding wouldn't stop. He lost Omer almost 120 milliliters, or two liters. Okay. So it's that like two giant like soda bottles? Yes. Like soda bottles? Um, Half a gallon. Of blood, and more, which is more than a fifth of his blood volume in almost 24 hours the typical amount of blood lost uh almost 24 hours the typical amount of blood. yeah so he lost um way too much blood Mm-mm. way too much um but also dr douche had packed the area with so much anticoagulant that it squeezed jerry's spine I think he just packed anti- it a bunch of, like, is that gauze? No, anticoagulant in that, like, so your blood, don't blood clot? Maybe so it's gauze. The effect of retarding or inhibiting, oh, you, yeah, you can look it up. Yeah, so... Coagulation of blood is like so your blood doesn't clot. So it's just something that thins your blood out, I would think. So it says he packed he packed his area it's a substance. Well he I guess he just packed it up with this anticoagulant. Coagulant. Coagulant. Heparin or warfin are examples. So he Basically, squeezed this Jerry's spine, and Jerry woke up, and he said he couldn't feel anything. He had no sensation in either arm or legs. He was now paralyzed and rendered a quadriplegic. Mm. He would later require 24-7 care, around the clock, all the things, as he's lying. And then as he's, like, in the ICU... Knowing he would never recover, he looks at his girlfriend and he says, kill me, I want to die. Oh my gosh. Dr. Douche never once went in to check on him in the ICU. Who is a friend of his? Who he parties with? Uh. Longtime friend. And he never went to see how he was or to explain how anything happened. Nothing. Bye. He said, bye-bye. Jerry told the nurses that that douche had been doing cocaine before he performed, before he, like, did the surgery. He was like, oh, yeah, he was doing cocaine. We did it together last night. Yeah, like, he's like. Jerry's the patient? Yes, he's patient. patient And Jerry Jerry. let him do the surgery? So this is what he says. But then he later goes and he's like, oh, actually, um, I just just said that because I was mad. And I felt like he fucked me up. And so I'm pissed at him. And. So now they're not going to believe but anything you say. the claim was taken seriously, and Dr. Douche was ordered to take a drug test. But... It's out of your system really quick. However, the drug test would never happen because oh, well. Dr. Douche claimed that he got lost on his way to the drug <laughs> testing place. And he actually passed a separate uh, psychological evaluation, and then three weeks later, he was allowed to start operating again. 
he was he was instructed to stick to minor procedures, which is great. Good job. Um, but by the way, Jerry died in 2021 oh. of an infection related to the complications of Dr. Douche's operations. Oh, gosh. How long is this time? Like how um, he's that surgery one. OK, so like how long is this? Has he been killing and mutilating people? Um, I think 2011. And so this his surgery was in 2012. So it's been at least a year he's been doing yeah. this. Yeah, and, and so, so even if like the first one brought on a lawsuit, it takes forever for it to actually. Oh yeah, yeah. Happen. Mm-hmm. Oh, so then after this case, this is when we get to Kelly Martin's case. So we've had a few cases, and then you get to Kelly Martin, who's where I started the story off at the beginning. This is going to be his next patient in the timeline. Um, and after she died. Baylor Plano officials found that Douche had failed to meet the standards of care and permanently revoked his surgical privileges. So the hospital initiated a peer review, but, okay, Douche, it's it's easy for me to say Douche, resigned uh, rather Mm. than being terminated. Mm -hmm. And this was, like, purposeful because... In order to avoid costs of fighting and possibly losing a wrongful termination suit, the hospitals reached a deal with Douche's lawyers in which Douche was allowed to resign in return for Baylor Plano issuing a letter stating, and I quote, all areas of concern with regard to Christopher D. Dunch have been closed. As of this date, there have been no summary or administrative restrictions in uh, or suspensions of Dr. Dunch's medical staff membership or clinical privileges during the time he has practiced at Baylor Regional Medical Center at Plano. It's the longest freaking sentence. That was one sentence. Anyway, they're basically saying like, um, yeah. He, we don't want bad press, so we're going to not fire him. We're going to have him resign so we don't look bad. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. So these fucking, these oh, hospitals, the hospitals are all about money. horrible. Yeah. This is why Johns Hopkins is in, oh. Well, and that's why these angels of death can get away with it, hospital after hospital after yes. hospital. They would rather... Let them resign. Yes. Instead of like and actually then if they go resign, after them. Then they can go to millions of hospitals. And kill other people. I don't. I'm revolting. That's why I don't trust them. Oh, fuck around and find <laughs> out. Uh, oh my goodness. So. Had Dunch been fired. Plano, Baylor Plano would have been required to report him to the National Practitioner Data Bank, NPB, NPDB, I'm dyslexic, which was which is intended to flag a problematic physician. But they didn't do that because they didn't fire him, and so he was not flagged to this board, and so he was able to continue to do surgeries. And he got hired. And he killed more people. So where to get hired now? Right down the road. <laughs> so they let him quietly resign and move oh. on with no repercussions. And he technically left on his own choice with him not being reported. 
to the database and there was no warning of to his potential employers. There was no employee history, nothing, 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 nothing. Um, some of his patients did try to sue him for malpractice, but found it was like virtually impossible to find employee, uh, uh, attorneys that were willing to take on their case. Mm. So we move on July, 2012 Floella Brown and Mary Eford. Okay. Dunch moved on to Dallas medical center. So he's at a different surgical center. Hmm. Dallas. Totally passed the background check. It was, <sighs> you know, they ran it. It's clear. He's fine. He's good to go. We need a surgeon. Come on, do this thing. Um, About a, like later in that month, he did a, he operated on Floella. I'm loving some Floella. <laughs> I'm going to name my next dog that. Floella. Floella Brown. After surgery, she lost consciousness um, pressure was building up inside her brain for reasons that nobody could explain. And she went brain into dead. ICU and was in critical condition and was not looking good. While Floella was in ICU, Dr. Douche was like, oh, well, I done did. I done sent her to ICU. Let me go to my next patient and see if I can send her to ICU. So he goes in, he does another surgery on 71-year-old oh. Mary Eford. Before the surgery started, the nurses spotted a hole in Dr. Douche's scrubs, like in the buttocks area, lower back, showing that he was not wearing underwear. <laughs> and one of the nurses was like, um, I've been staring at that same hole for three days. Oh, he has not showered. So it's clear that he's not changing his scrubs between surgeries or anything else. Mm. And he's probably just been up. On a coke binge, Binging. just like this. What well, I even I just make it make sense. I can't. he likes the control. Like I he know, likes but the like, power like you're and so the control. Fa- you're so gone. No, I think he. I think he eventually he just turns into a. He just wants to kill people. I think he just the turns. power. He likes the power. Yeah, and he. But like, why even like try to. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know how you can fake being so bad. I guess I can. <sighs> anyway, I got to keep going. I'm going to get frustrated. So, h- hole in his pants in- during a surgery, and he's operating, and the staff starts asking questions. They're like, um, why are you just drilling in, like, random areas of her back? Like, you, they were like, you're, that's, why are you doing that? And he was just, like, very careless, and he was just, like, drilling a right way without, he's basically Dexter, but. Yeah. Bad Dexter. And, like, just drilling and drilling and drilling. Uh, after the surgery, Mary, uh, wait, this, okay, so we have two people we're talking about, Floella, and we're talking about Mary. Yeah. Right? So, Floella had hers. She's in ICU. she's in ICU. Then he leaves, and he goes, and he's on, he's doing Mary. And um, he's got a twofer. Yeah. So he's so after the surgery, Mary started uh, after surgery on Mary. Um, Douche told the nurse that he wanted to perform on Floella a craniotomy. Oh. Mm-hmm. He said. He said. Okay. This involves cutting a hole into the skull to relieve pressure on the brain. And the nurse was shocked and said 
um, Dallas Medical Center does not perform those. Like we are not lobotomists. <laughs> yeah. We do not do lobotomies, which that's what it sounds like to me is you're trying to do some kind of fucking lobotomy. Um, it's like we do not perform those. And also we do not have the equipment to do that. Mm. Luckily, douche backed down and Floella was moved to another hospital. By the way, she never regained consciousness. Oh. And her family had to take her off life support. And she died a few days later. Oh, my gosh. Turns out that douche misdiagnosed the source of Floella's pain <laughs> in the first place and was operating in the totally wrong spot, which triggered a stroke, which led to her death. Oh, my gosh. And that's Floella. Mary then was, she's pulled back into surgery. And... This is with another doctor. This is a different... This is Dr. Henderson. He's operating on her now. So there's three holes in Mary's spinal column where Douche had tried and failed to insert several screws. Uh, one screw had hit the nerves that control the leg and the bladder. Dr. Henderson discovered that Dr. Douche had amputated one of her nerve roots... Oh this gosh. was inexplicable how the surgery had gone so badly and why was it so botched? Don't know. Dr. Henderson was like, uh, is this some kind of like imposter dressing up and pretending to be a surgeon? Because so what is actually happening? Mary is now in a wheelchair and has never regained mobility in her legs. Mm. Okay. So... Now These we have better get a lot of money. Dr. Henderson and Dr. Kirby, and they are both talking, and they are pissed, and they are have both assisted this guy, and they're comparing stories, and they're like, this is this guy needs to be stopped. But the hospital officials told Dunch that he would not be able to do any more operations at Dallas Medical Center. But he was al allowed to leave quietly. Oh, fucking hey. I thought Henderson was going to do something. Well, it's not their choice. It's this board. Whatever these boards are. Whoever's on board of anything. Crooked. I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> board. <laughs> months and months later, and multiple catastrophic and fatal surgeries, uh, finally... Dunch was reported to the state medical board and it would take almost a whole year for the board to investigate. Um, so he had to go to a whole nother hospital for him for it to happen. Yes. And I'm, about to, I'm sure they can't hear that. Right. So, um, on th this, this type of stuff with Dr. Douche on and on and on and on. And on. There's, I, I could yeah. probably go through 10 more, but that would yeah. be a three hour podcast or yeah. a four part podcast. So, on, 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 Dr. Kirby raises hell. He writes a six-page letter to the Texas Medical Board saying that Douche was not performing um, operations. Instead, he was attempting murder. Kirby was the one with Henderson earlier. Yes, okay. Kirby and Henderson are also surgeons, but they've assisted with him. Kirby is a one who's finally, like, fed up with it because he's getting, he's getting complaints. He's getting... Um, any anything because he's, he's dealing with the repercussions even yes, though douche yes, is gone yes he's still having to deal with the patients yes so then he finally like writes a letter to the Texas medical board and that's where he's like this guy he's not operating he's killing people he's attempting to kill them 
Um, he's impaired and he said that he is a, he goes, he's an impaired physician and a sociopath who must be stopped from practicing medicine. Mm -hmm. This article, then there was an article that was published and this is the article that was published that referred to him as Dr. Death, quoting Dr. Kirby in all of the findings. Gosh. And that will bring me to our first clip of the day. Can I give you a little? Spinal neurosurgeon has his license suspended after the medical board says his negligence resulted in at least two patient deaths. Patients tried to get their medical records from Dr. Christoph Dunch's office today, but they were turned away. Yeah, well, Clarice, those frustration, frustrated patients were told by somebody on Dr. Dunch's staff to show up here at his office between 4 and 5 o'clock this afternoon to pick up those medical records. Well, those patients showed up, but as you mentioned, they didn't walk away with anything. And so far, we know that two lawsuits have been filed, and at least three more are on the way. Carol McMillan out of luck at Dr. Dunch's office at the Texas Neurological Institute in Plano. Dr. Dunch, seen here on Facebook, was scheduled to perform surgery on her tomorrow. On Wednesday, the Texas Medical Board issued a temporary suspension order of Dunch's license because of imminent peril to public health and cited impairment by drugs or alcohol. Mary Eford claims in her lawsuit she has permanent nerve damage because of Dr. Dunch's negligence despite being on the maximum amount of narcotics that she prayed to God to take her every single day. She cried every single day. 54-year-old Kelly Martin, mother of two and wife of a Garland police officer, died from massive bleeding and is patient number two cited in the suspension order. Dunch has had surgical privileges at several North Texas hospitals, but most recently had them revoked at University General Hospital in Dallas. A temporary suspension uh, really doesn't refer to any specific time frame. It's more of a move that is done uh, fairly quickly by the board when they feel that there is some sort of imminent threat posed by a doctor. I was told that the doctor will have a chance at some point to defend himself before the board, but that would likely happen over a series of hearings. It could take several weeks or even longer. Clarice? Natalie Solis live tonight in Plano. Thank you. Wow. Okay. And so fine. Okay. Like they mentioned Kelly, who was the one that I talked about at the very beginning of the story. So finally in December, on December 6, 2013, the Texas medical board revoked Dunch, Dunch douche deaths license. Uh, he then moved to Colorado and Denver and this is when he went on this downward spiral and he filed for bankruptcy after listing debts of over one million dollars oh my gosh he was arrested for dui in denver he was taken for a psychiatric evaluation in dallas so i guess he's just denver and dallas and i think he has kids well he does have kids because it said he was arrested in uh, Dallas during one of his visits to see his children. Mm, but they changed their last name. And he was then he was also arrested in Dallas for shoplifting and I'm going to tell you that in, right now. In March 2014, police were called to a bank in Dallas after people saw a man with blood on his hands and face banging on the doors trying to get in. It was it was Dr. Douche. 
and he was wearing his scrubs. He was incoherent, saying something about his family being in danger. He was taken immediately to a psychiatric hospital. His father sent him money um, because he didn't have any, but he was then caught in a Dallas Walmart filling a cart with almost $1,000 of watches, sunglasses, computer equipment, and cologne, and he bagged them up to hide them before picking up some clothes, going into the dressing room, putting on the clothes, and then trying to walk out the front door, but was stopped by security and arrested for shoplifting. What? What the hell? I mean, listen. Mm. So that's March 2014, and then we go fast forward to July 2015. 46-year-old Christopher Dunch was arrested on five aggravated assault charges one count of injury to an elderly person mary mary eford and he was accused of maiming three patients and causing at least the death of two people and here's another. is one of them his best friend his friend probably tonight with a North Texas doctor charged for what happened in his operating room during surgery. Dr. Christopher Dunch is a neurosurgeon Ooh. and now faces charges of aggravated assault with a deadly Gross. weapon, his scalpel. Dunch is accused of butchering patients and botching surgeries of five Dallas area patients who either died or are now scarred for life. News 8's Brett Ship was among the first to expose these allegations and you're joining us with the latest. That's right, Shelly. We first revealed the allegations against Dr. Dunch in 2013 of case after case of bot surgeries of alleged drug abuse and reckless indifference toward his patients, patients who will now try to help put him behind bars. Victims and their attorneys say Dunch was building a resume of alleged botched surgeries of paralyzed patients and in two cases, death. While Dunch was operating on Lee Passmore of Frisco, an assisting surgeon had to intervene. Jim Gerrards is Passmore's attorney. Dr. Dunch had to be physically restrained by the surgeon that was operating with him because uh, that second surgeon recognized that Dunch uh, was doing things that were not explainable, that were extremely dangerous. Other patients have similar stories. Dunch's former roommate Jerry Summers will never walk again. Hospital staff knew uh, that Dr. Dunch had a gallon jug of vodka under his desk, that a baggie of white powder had been found in his okay. uh, bathroom. Dunch remains behind bars tonight on $600,000 bond. Ah, that must be it. Yes, $600,000 bond. Okay, so in February 2017, <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to process that? Do you need, wait, process I it. I can't. I can't. I know it cut up, cut off abruptly. Well, no, no, no. I was just thinking he didn't get for the front and roommate's murder because he didn't die till the other day. Yeah. So it was some other people's murder that died, I guess, suddenly. But the hospital staff that knew he had vodka under his desk and cocaine. So... The vodka I might can ex excuse because maybe after a long night of surgery, you have a nightcap before you go home, you know, maybe. Yeah. But cocaine, I don't 
Especially if it's you have okay it okay at work. Work. Yes. Like obviously you're do like no, no. 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 You you are you are surgerying on people. No. You don't need to have anything. And if you do, why are you go work somewhere else? I don't know. It's just I don't no. In February 2017, I think they're Dr. just as liable. Dunch was finally sentenced and he was sentenced to life in prison with a minimum term of 30 years and he's not eligible for parole until 2045 when he will be 74 years old. Gosh. But in June 2023, so like 2 oh. days ago. Uh-huh. Um Texas Governor Greg Abbott signed a bill, a bill, a bill, a bill that would uh it, he signed a bill into law that would give the state's medical board additional ability to protect the patients from potentially dangerous doctors. This bill, HB 1998, whatever, was introduced in response to an investigation that found that at least 49 doctors that were practicing in Texas, despite having their license revoked in other states, were still here practicing. Oh. So, that's shocking. So, other other doctors, this is the thing, other doctors who are getting... Like disbarred, disbarred from their from their uh, hospital, they're able to go anywhere else, and it's fine. But finally, at least that's at least one good thing Greg Abbott did. I don't know what else. Yeah, that might be the only. But (laughs) even, but also to come to Texas because we are one of the few states that, like, there's a cap. So I'm wondering how much. There's a cap now, and I don't know when this cap happened, uh-huh. but, like, there is a cap on basically medical malpractice. See, so they're protected when it comes, like, mm. the medical staff is protected when it comes yeah. to stuff like this. So, like, Maya Kowalski got millions and millions and millions and millions. It would be almost impossible. It would have to be like a doctor death situation to get something like that mm-hmm. here now. But go ahead and tell me what happened. There was no record of these actions on the Texas Medical Board's uh, physician's profile page. Despite being required by law, the new law indicates several p- provisions which will better enable the board to protect patients and boost transparency. These include the following. So these are the new things that are, have been enacted. Um, if you do these things, then you will be, I guess, dismissed. Lying on a medical license application will be a Class A misdemeanor. Doctors who have had their medical license revoked, restricted, or suspended in another state will not be allowed to practice in Texas. And all doctors will be requ- will be required and be fingerprinted as part of a criminal background check and be monitored monthly via the national practitioner data bank. How does that help the doctor of death patients? I, at least it helps. How's that related? I think at least it helps people from coming in from, I guess Mm -hmm. that's kind of what they were saying. But that he didn't do that. Who? Well, he didn't do anything in another state and come and 
do it in Texas, right? Like he didn't. Well, do yeah, no, he went. He he was, started went, in Texas. He, yeah, and he stayed just, in Texas. Yeah, right? jumped all over the deck. Yeah, so. So he needs he needs to issue something for these hospitals to take ownership of when a doctor does medical malpractice in your hospital. You have to initiate something right then and there. But I, I mean, I do appreciate that because it's like a any like a teacher can probably get their teacher certification taken away in California. But come and just take the certification test in Texas, and we'll never know that they got it taken away in California because we're not going to go and check California's records. Yeah. It's sad that because a lot of these things happen, they're very common, and they go unreported. Be- or they go, re- they're reported, but they go, like, they nothing's done about them. Yeah. Because who, who wants to fight a hospital? As of July 2020, many of Dr. Death's victims have recently, just recently, received financial compensation totaling over $4 million. So all of those victims together. That's it? Totaled over $4 million. I'm pissed. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't... This... Our medical system is borked. Well, there you have it, people. Wow. And I'm listen, pissed. you can go listen to Dr. Death. This is the Dr. Death. This is the Dr. Death. Ep- like, it's a whole podcast series. It's also on Peacock if you want to go watch it. Um, it's a mini series or whatever. Um now, I there's going to be stuff in there that is they are super detailed and it goes way more into it. So yeah. if you want a more of a deep dive, go listen to Dr. Death uh, or go watch the show. This is kind of like a cap yeah. or a summary of it all, but it gets the gist of, of the angels of death or whatever they call it. Like, it's just horrible how these doctors go and they just... Like, he eventually wanted, he was, like, enjoying it. So uh-huh. he was, uh-huh. yeah, so he was circular. Yep, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh. So there you have it. Dr. Douche, Dr. Death, Dr. Dunch, whatever the freak your name is. And so the angels of death, they feel like they are saving them. He wanted to inflict pain and suffering yeah he was and no death. no doc no angel of anything yeah Mm-mm. nope oh he's the worst he's the worst hey never so trust a there hospital. you go add he it sh- to the list of the red flags goodness goodness all right good stuff good stuff we will see y'all next tuesday for a new episode don't forget to stay aware stay alive and always bdtf bye y'all Hey, I'm Blair. And I'm Brittany. And we're the host of By the the Cover Cover Podcast. (laughs) We cover everything from mysteries, thrillers, romance, chiclet, and even some smut. 
don't forget the smut. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're so excited to get this thing going and share this with you guys. We've been talking about this for months and it's finally, finally happening. Yes. Special shout out to Rogue Media for helping us with this. For sure. For (laughs) sure. You can find us on Instagram at by the cover underscore podcast. You can also find us on Facebook and TikTok. So don't forget to give us a follow on those two also. We are so excited to dive into some of our favorite books and share those with you. We can't wait. Hope you love it. Hi, and welcome to Bustles and Bangers with your hostess, Rachel and Christopher. I love it when you say my name. And you didn't say hi. I didn't. You you just kept going. I'm going to introduce the book. I'm <laughs> not reading it. It's because I don't like reading. Girls like cowboy butts, you know, and those jeans don't hide anything. Mm. Find us on Instagram at Bustles and Bangers or on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Hey, I'm Katie. And I'm Summer. And this is Monsters in the Attic. So we thought we'd bring people on. It's very real, and we're fortunate to have a lot of friends who have a lot of monsters, and we can't wait to share them with you. I love that, that we're so fortunate that we have so many friends with so many monsters. Where can people find us? Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere they listen to their favorite podcast. They can find me at my therapist office. As they should. This has been a Rogue Media Network 